Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So jumping right in this week, we have been talking to our clients and other people and among ourselves a lot about burnout and self-care and there's been this article circulating and I don't know if it's just locally or everybody's been hearing about it but I've been talking about it a lot in the Washington Post called pandemic flux syndrome um, that has basically been giving a couple of different names and terms and really helping people identify all of the very confusing and conflicting feelings that they've been having late summer and then early this fall, um, which is called pandemic flux syndrome is what um, this, I think she's a social scientist. Her name is um, Amy Cuddy. She works at Harvard, um, Harvard Business School, I believe. Um, And it's a super interesting article that's talking about how a lot of people at this point in time are experiencing like a very vast set of emotions and sometimes blunted emotions to spikes in anxiety and depression. And then also come this September, kind of like a desire to drastically change something about their lives. Whereas people who tend towards anxiety are going with this, I want to do something drastic. Whereas people who tend towards depression or feeling more depressed are really seeking that like grounding and coming back home. And so the reason that this has been happening is because there have been so many different um swings and mixed signals and everything over of course over the entire pandemic but then also this summer early in the summer there was this early optimism that oh all these people are going to be vaccinated and you know we're going to be great and everything's going to go back to normal and everything like that and it did for a small period of time depending on where you live kind of feel like that right things were opening up there was a short period of time where some mask mandates were lifted and then all of a sudden delta comes out and it's like hey it's time for me to play now and then when we thought there was going to be this renewed you know start of back to school and you know everything which can seem like a fresh start to a lot of people that kind of like disappointment has had a really big toll on people's mental, emotional, and physical health. Um, And what I really liked about the article is that it says a couple of things like the transitional state and uncertainty is taking a collective mental health toll, right? And there's um, a a Wharton Business School professor, Katie Milkman, was saying – When we have a clear marked fresh start, like September usually brings, it gives us this renewed motivation and helps us pursue important goals. But for most of us right now, that clear fresh start hasn't materialized. And so then when you combine that with the fact that most of us are physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted, in short, burned out, right, from having to cope with these like massive life and world shifts that we've experienced since over a year and a half ago at this point. And then we've now had this like 
bait and switch when we were expecting a reset after the optimism of the early summer, this is too much to cope with when we're already feeling burned out. So one of the things that they mentioned and then Christina and I were talking about before we started recording and Christina was like, no, we need to record this, was they call this surge capacity, which we like to refer to as like your stress bucket or, you know, how burned out are you? And this talks about a collection of adaptive systems. So we're always talking about how the body's just trying to adapt, right? And I know in our individual client sessions and also in our group programs that we have, we're always talking about how the body's just trying to keep you safe, right? The body's just trying to help you adapt to the situation as it is. We talk about this a lot with dieting and the rebound that can happen after, you know, quitting dieting or trying to. And so when this happens, This surge capacity is something that humans will draw on for short-term survival in acutely stressful situations. Think about fight and flight and the nervous system, right? It's not supposed to happen for a long time, and it can only keep you going for so long. So when you've passed that threshold, we need a break so it can recharge. And we thought that we were going to get that break and that renewal of, oh, it's a new season and, you know, all things are going to happen. And then... That's now gone, which is leading to more uncertainty, more disappointment, and then which leads to, going back to the point of if you tend more to be an anxious person, it's we got to do something to change. You know, we got to like move, we got to buy a house, we got to, you know, start a new job. I just saw a statistic that more people have quit their jobs than ever before recently, which is kind of crazy. And then if you tend towards more of the introverted or depressed or low feeling side of things, you're looking for that more grounding of, oh, I want to go back to this safe space of just being at home. Because even when you go into social situations, and this is for everybody, and this is what they've talked about in the article as well, is that there was this kind of expectation that, oh, when we start to get back to normal, I'm having social situations, you know, I get to see friends that I haven't seen in a long time, we're going back to work. We thought that that was going to lead to this renewed state of, okay, things, you know, like things are kind of back to normal, like this feels really good. And now people, even who identify as extroverted, are expressing that when they go into those social situations, they're like, whoa, 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 like I want to go home. I feel like I'm having more anxiety around this situation than I thought I would. And there's then again, that sense of disappointment and uncertainty of, is it going to be this way forever? Why am I feeling this way? Everything feels out of sync. So in short, super interesting article leading into our conversation for today. And it's not just like, I think it's more than just a super interesting article. I think what was great about it is you shared it with me after a conversation that I had with a friend of mine. The other day we were walking home from our daughters playing at the playground together and she said to me, you know what's so confusing about right now is that the rules aren't clear. It's not clear. It's like things are kind of opened up, but they're not, it's not quite like safe yet, but the rules aren't there. Like before she was like, the rules were so clear. It was, this is how we're going to approach it. This is how we're going to do things. And now it's kind of muddled. And I think when things feel muddled, a lot of times we can feel uncomfortable, you know? And I think they even talk about that in the article. And I can't remember the part, but I think there was a social worker that mentioned that when we feel uncomfortable, we lean towards control. Like that makes us feel out of control. So then we try to do things that, make us feel more in control, like maybe doing a diet or maybe um, 
changing jobs or getting a new job or quitting your job, right? Like, oh, I'm not happy with my job, so I'm going to quit it. That makes me feel in control of this area of my life. Or buying a new house, or I want to have control over my space, or I want to do these other types of things. And I think it's kind of interesting to see how it all plays out in a very real way. And I've been having, um, I don't know, I've just been thinking about it a lot. And then when Dana shared this with me, I was like, oh, there's a name. There's a name for this. And it makes so much sense. And we'll obviously share the article in the show notes so people can read it. And I highly recommend that everybody read it. But I found it interesting and I started noticing, and I know that Dana noticed it too, that we, we've been talking about burnout and stress and we <laughs> We all know Dana, Dana loves talking about adrenals. So, so, and she gets thousands of literally tons of questions all the time about adrenals. And um, about- it is rare if I go three days in a row without getting an email from somebody titled subject adrenal fatigue or adrenal fatigue help or anything. <laughs> I'm your adrenal stuff. fatigue. I don't want to say guru because that's such an overused word, but I'm your girl. <laughs> yeah, she does all the things. And so we've been talking about it a lot more and we've, I, I think it's on everybody's mind and for the first time we kind of have a name for it. And I think it's, so it makes it feel so validating, right? Because before it could feel like, why do I feel this way? Why am I feeling like this weird push-pull or why don't I feel more drawn to go out with my friends? And why do I feel like I just want to be home? Even though it's in a lot of ways could be pretty, could be relatively safe for me to do so. And if I take certain precautions. And then on the other side, it's why do I feel like I want to uproot my entire, my entire life? And it's confusing and it's complicated. And um, I've been taught, we've been talking about it a lot, but I've been talking about my clients a lot around the application of it. Like right now, a lot of people are starting to come to me, a lot of my client load and saying, hey, I'm feeling like able to name the feeling of I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling burnt out and I'm feeling or I'm feeling in flux. Like that's something that people have said to me. And a lot of times when we get into these types of states, we kind of forget how to, I don't know what the right word is, but we almost kind of forget how to take care of ourselves, like on a very basic level, right? Because we're in this kind of heightened, hyper kind of, um, hyper or even kind of like hypo kind of state, right? Where it's either we don't feel motivated to or we feel super motivated to do everything but take care of ourselves. And so, right, like it's like, you know... So we can feel kind of, again, like kind of like we're not taking care of ourselves. And so a lot of my clients have been talking to me about, I'm ready to figure out what it is that I need to do in order to feel like I'm taking care of myself. And I've named it, and I don't know if this is someplace else, maybe I read it somewhere, and if I did, and someone's done research on this and already named it, please let us know. But in my little mind, I called it foundational self-care. And I've even referred to it as clients as like, we're just kind of plants that need water, food, sunlight, air, and rest. I think that's it. And movement is the things that I've talked about. 
if you're a human, you need movement. If you're a mammal, you need movement, right? If you're a plant, you probably don't want to be disrupted. You're like, don't move me. <laughs> probably not. But, you know, they like to breathe. They like to blow in the breeze. <laughs> Right? Like, I think there's like a little lo- level of movement. And again, I think it doesn't have to be disruptive movement. It could be gentle movement, right? But I've been referring to it as that. And like a lot of my clients have been kind of joking around about how I call them all plants. And um, like something is, like, you know, have people have been saying. But I do but think... But then what I have said is you are not a plant, <laughs> which means you need to take care of those basic needs plus right? Think about all these streaming services, Disney Plus, Amazon Plus, whatever, Hulu Plus, all these things. You are more than a plant. Oh yeah, complicated plants. You are, We are complicated plants, right? We require movement and we also have a nervous system unlike a plant, right? Which means that we have additional needs that need to be tended to, but you have to start with, I am a plant. <laughs> All the foundational <laughs> things. if you don't start with, like Christina said, if you don't start with the adequate nutrition, water, sunshine, those foundational three, everything else is going to be completely out of whack and it's going to contribute to you being more and more burned out. Or the word that I've been using is, I've felt very in limbo this month. Um, And part of the reason was because I traveled twice this month, which is like more than I've done, you know, in the past definitely year. Um, And then I also was moving, you know, huh, drastic life change, right? That had been planned for a long time, but it felt very in limbo. And it wasn't until I had completely moved all of my stuff into my new place that I could take what felt like finally a deep breath and kind of let my shoulders down and be like, oh my gosh, I can finally sleep. Even though moving is so incredibly stressful, even if you're not moving that far, it's still like you could be moving four apartments down or four houses down from where you are and it's still uprooting your life and kind of disrupts everything. And when you're in a transitional state like that or when you're in a very stressed out state, it is really hard to think about, wait, I'm a plant first. (laughs) I need water. I need adequate nutrition. I need sunshine. You know, and depending on where you live, that can be even harder. Um, Funny we mentioned that though. Here's, Here's a recommendation for this week that I was not planning. If you're in a place that doesn't get a lot of sunshine or if it's entering the months of seasonal affective disorder, get yourself what's called a uh, happy light. I know none of you can see this, but I have one. Um, The brand that I have is called Verilux, but it basically simulates the sun's rays at noon. And so every morning that I'm sitting at my desk, take your blue light blocking glasses off and shine it in your face and into your eyeballs for like 15 to 20 minutes. And I swear it makes a huge difference difference. I don't necessarily know that it's actually going to be producing the vitamin D that you get from the sun, but it simulates it and you can feel less seasonal affective disordery. <laughs> it also helps with circadian rhythm too. I was doing yeah. some research for a client of mine who has a sleep disorder and <clears throat> using um, sun lamps like that um, and light boxes and things like that actually help with your circadian rhythms, especially for people who have um, ADHD too. There, It messes with that. So it could be really cool. So cool recommendation, Dana. And also way prepara- in way preparation for the winter, which I like. Um, and so also too, very cool. I like the recommendation. I don't have one right now, but maybe as we chat, I'll start to come, come up with one. But I think... 
going back to the conversation about foundational self-care, I think one of the things that gets complicated when we're in as the article talks about, is our surge capacity, is that we've already done too much. We don't have the capacity to do things, right? And and like we're, we've met our, our like max. We're there. We're at our point where we can't do anything else. And now we're kind of like, I need to replenish. I need to do these things. And a lot of times we think about foundational self-care as something that's like an afterthought. Like a lot of, especially if you're someone who's a yes person, who says yes to everything. And and it's hard too with like the pandemic also is it's easy to be kind of a yes person. You're like, well, I got nothing else going on. And so, you know, a lot of a lot of people I've been talking to and clients around this types of stuff is they'll literally wake up, their computer's in their room, their desk is in their room. They'll wake up, roll over onto their, roll off their bed and sit down at their computer and not create that space for themselves to do some of the foundational self-care. And so all of a sudden they realize, oh, I haven't had breakfast yet. I haven't done any of these things. Oh, it's three o'clock and I'm now having my first meal of the day. And sometimes it's not intentional. Sometimes it's purely like I'm busy or I got stuck into this routine of things and I haven't prioritized my foundational self-care. And then we hear things like, We think of self-care as something like, oh, getting a massage, doing a mask, taking a bubble bath. And people people are like, ain't nobody got time for that. Like, where am I going to find the time for that? I can barely get breakfast on the table, you know? And so I've been really reiterating to people that although it can feel weird, you have to start by creating the space for these are my non-negotiables for how I'm going to maneuver throughout the day. And those non-negotiables have to fit, have to fit in my foundational self-care. They have to. Because they are non-negotiables. You need to be fed. You need to be watered. You need sunlight. You know, we need some movement. Even if that's just walking around our room or doing a light stretch in between client calls or meetings, we got to do something. You know, and so... I'm really encouraging everyone to kind of think about what are some of their non-negotiables and when's the last time you actually executed them as a non-negotiable? Because a lot of times we think about those foundational things as negotiable and they're not. They are foundational for a reason. And so I wonder too, like why could we feel less depleted? Could we increase our capacity or replenish our capacity a little bit? If we executed more boundaries around our non-negotiables and taking care of our, literally our basic needs. I really like what you said there too, because I think, you know, the same way that we talk about um, body neutrality and body positivity and everything and how it can seem like an obstacle to be like, I'm going to love my body all the time, even though that's never what we're going for. If you're in a situation where you feel really burned out or really stressed out or things are on the horizon that you're like, oh, that's going to be a really bad time. Instead of being like, oh, I'm going to feel like 100%. Think about, I would like to feel less depleted, right? That can be the bare bones. And it can be as simple as, when was the last time I drank some water? And if you're a research-based person like we are and you like some statistics to back it up, 
you don't have to do the, you know, I need to drink 100 ounces of water, blah, blah, blah. If you're only drinking a cup of water a day, try and drink two cups of water a day, right? I work with a lot of kids and athletes specifically for swimming. And when I was doing some research for them to show them how important it is to make sure that they're drinking some water, you can see a reduced capacity of up to 30% just by being dehydrated. And that's in your energy output and capacity. So think about if you if you are in your life and you're trying to operate, not even at 100% capacity, right? Let's say today we're operating at 70. If you're dehydrated, you're now already operating at much less than that. It's probably not exactly 30%, but it's less. So it's thinking about, okay, what's one really easy way that I can feel less depleted? Let me drink some more water, right? And it's important to, you know, I really like how Christina mentioned the self-care practices that you see all these influencers doing on Instagram. Keep in mind, most of them are not doing the things that you do. They either don't have a full-time job or maybe they have a part-time job or maybe they're single and don't have a family. You know, they've got, your life is not their life, right? And it can seem like, well, I can't go get my nails done and go get a massage and take a bubble bath with 87 candles around me and read an entire book in a day and, you know, all these other things. It's like, I think the presence of that on Instagram and social media and all this other stuff is really making people feel like, well, I can't do that, so I can't do anything. But when we think about it as, I would just like to feel less depleted, take five minutes. Here's your action step for this episode, right? Take five minutes and think about behaviors or things that you like to do that can actually fit in your life that feel replenishing. And then think about how there are different situations in which those tools will fit in that situation. For example, if you have a family that you're trying to take care of and you're moving and you're traveling and work is crazy, probably getting in an hour or 30 minute long YouTube yoga class is not gonna happen today. On another day when that might be a great tool, but maybe you can take five minutes or one to shut yourself in the closet and just breathe, right? Or listen to some calming music or one song, right? So think about what's gonna be useful for you because it's not necessarily going to be the best tool for somebody else, right? This is about you here. And then think about, different tools that you could use in different situations. And part of this is a trial and error process too, right? You might figure out like, huh, going into the closet and listening to one song, that didn't really work for me. But that doesn't mean that you failed at self-care. That just means that that wasn't the tool for you or that wasn't the tool for that situation. So it's good to think about something else. And then we have this foundational self-care, like Christine was talking about. Think, I am a plant first. And then restorative self-care, which is when things are already crazy or you know things are about to get crazy. And if you have read or heard us talk about the burnout book, which we highly recommend and also we'll put in the show notes, if you're having trouble completing your stress cycle, that's a really good place to learn about that stuff. But this restorative self-care is we're in the middle of this and maybe you have or maybe you haven't done the food, water, and sunshine, maybe a little bit of movement, what other tools that I can I bring in if things are already crazy and I just want to make sure that my stress ball on Monday doesn't snowball into an entire full-fledged snowman by Friday, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, well, one thing we've missed on the foundational self-care is sleep. We haven't really talked about that yet, and we're definitely going to get there. (laughs) One thing that I've been thinking about, about the restorative, is I've been actually referring to it now as replenishing self-care, because I look at it as something in addition to foundational self-care. Like, first we have to meet the foundational self-care, and if we're not doing that, let's start there. Let's start by having predictable, easily easily accessible meals and creating space for yourself to get rest and creating space for yourself to get some water, sunlight, whatever it is that you need, right? All of those plant life things. And then from there, I think about the restorative as replenishing, where it's kind of like, if I know that I'm coming up on like a big deadline at work and things are going to be hitting hard or my child's home from daycare because they're, you know, they're homesick or whatever it is and I'm not going to have support and I have to basically tap into my stress surge capacity and I'm going to be tapping into that. I have to think about when is going to be the window of opportunity when that's going to be tapped out and how do I then replenish it? Right. And so I look at those things like the, like a nice bubble bath or reading a book or, you know, I don't know, watching a nice show on Netflix or something or doing something relaxing as, as that replenishing time of, okay, I know that I have this big week coming up, but I know that I need to replenish my surge capacity. What replenishing self care can I do to, at the end of this, to help myself? kind of come back and get back into get back into foundations. And the foundational piece to me when it's really busy a lot of times people people will say, "Well, I don't have the capacity to do some of the foundational self things." And there we have to think about what tools do we have available? What things can we bring in? What support can I bring in? Where can I ask for help? Sometimes that's easier for some people to bring in more help than others. Sometimes we're tapping into our search capacity more if we don't have access to the same types of tools. So those replenishing activities, maybe you do 10 minutes of reading every day to help bring down and create more search capacity so that you can meet those foundational needs. The I guess the whole point of it all to me is that we're starting to think about it. And a lot of times people aren't thinking about it. We're on this hamster wheel of every single day trying to get through every single day. And kind of like Dana was saying is like this snowball and kind of putting out all these little fires along the way that we sometimes forget that we're humans with needs that require food and water and sunlight and rest in order to function as human beings and to function as our most optimal human beings too. And sometimes that's not even an option, but we're doing the best we can. But I think that's the big, to me, like everyone knows I love saying the word invitation. That to me is the big invitation is to acknowledge, am I, do I have non-negotiables? Do I make space for them? Or when's the last time I executed them or held boundaries around them? I had a a client this week actually talked to me about that, about how they're like, I have, they, they were saying, I'm ready to, to make space for my non-negotiables and really set the boundaries around saying like, nope, I'm not available at this time. I need to do this, which to me was such a big deal, such a big deal for them. 
And I want that for everybody. I, we kind of figured if we're talking about this a lot with our clients and we're talking about this a lot with each other, then everyone listening must be thinking about it, feeling it, and we wanted to share some of the thoughts with you guys too. But I am really curious about the how the pandemic flux syndrome plays into all of this in a big way, and I imagine that it would. I mean, I it definitely does. I don't even think it does. I know it does. Because if you think about how like September, January are typically the like start over times, right? And September, especially because kids are back to school. And now this time it's like, we're going back to work in person and you know, everything like that. But this, all of the feelings and, you know, physical, mental, emotional that are coming as a result of all of these different dips and swings and our emotions and the mandates and everything and the news that that is a shit show in general. That's all on top of our regular responsibilities, which are made harder because of all of the pandemic things, right? So people would probably be feeling this at this point in October anyways, you know, after the first month of back to school and all of the routine changes and everything like that. Especially because at the beginning of September, it's like, oh, new, fresh, motivation, all the things. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh my God, this is really my life. Like, we have to do all of this. Plus all of the things on top of that. So we've been making jokes of like, you are not a plant, right? But you do need to take care of yourself like a plant. Think of if you have a kid or you know any kids, the foundational needs of children. Like what happens if they don't sleep? What happens if they don't eat? They cry, right? We don't cry like that as adults because we've been told that it's socially unacceptable, right? Sometimes we do. (laughs) We easily as adults will just be like, oh, I just, you know, not me in particular, but people, other people are, oh, I forgot to eat because I was so busy today. Ha, have never forgotten to eat in my whole life. But other people, you know, especially if you're super busy at work, like maybe you just didn't have time to eat, right? Meetings from nine to three, back to back, zero to zero time to eat lunch or anything like that, right? But, oh, I was so busy, I forgot to eat. If you were a kid, you would have been crying three hours ago, right? So thinking about how can we address those foundational needs? And like Christina was saying, if you think you don't have the space or you truly don't have the space for it, it's time to outsource some of that. And sometimes, like I do this in the summer when I'm coaching swimming, I don't have time to grocery shop and make things and whatever. So typically I'll get one of those, you know, meal delivery services things, whether it's HelloFresh or honestly, I didn't even have time for that kind of cooking. So I got those like pre-made meals that you just pop in the microwave or the oven and then they're done. No thought required. The only thought was, hmm, what do I want to have today? Chicken tikka masala or do I want to have spaghetti bolognese? You know, like whatever it was, they were all in the fridge and prepped. And sometimes that's also not budget-wise accessible, right? So it's thinking about what would make my life a lot easier? What are the resources that I have that can make this easier? And what's within my budget, right? Because that's obviously going to fluctuate based on your family's needs. I mean, it would be heinously expensive to get one of those meal delivery services for your entire family, right? So thinking about where you can outsource certain things, what's going to be easier and realistic for you, for both foundational self-care and then replenishing or restorative self-care. Another way that you can think about this is when if you're in a peak of feeling burned out or things are crazy is 
self-preservation, right? Because at that point, it's like, if I don't do these things, I know that I'm going to burn out. And then if you're one of those people who thinks I don't have time to do all this for myself because I have to take care of other people, okay, I understand that. But at the same time, if you get so burned out, you're not going to be able to take care of those other people. I had a client say to me last week that she said that like there's no self-care for her and she thought that that was a way of her projecting that her needs aren't important and then everyone else's needs are. And I think this is definitely like a mom complex, mm-hmm. right? It totally is. And I was going to say, we were talking about how <laughs> you have to, it's, I mean, we use this analogy all the time. If you're on a plane, they always tell you, put your oxygen mask on before you do anybody else's, right? Because if you pass out, you can't help your kids, right? If you get so far into burnout that you, I mean, I work with people who are literally bedridden because they've gotten so far into this burnout and chronic disease process, they can't get out of bed anymore, except to use the bathroom or something like that. And you don't want to, and this is not a scare tactic, right? I don't want anybody to get to that point. But just think about, you don't want to get so deep into the burnout cycle that you then can't help with all of the people that are around you, right? So it's self-preservation as well as replenishing and foundational stuff. And you just have to figure out how can I fit this into my life and what feels realistic for me, acknowledging that there are going to be times in your life, not even talking about pandemic flux syndrome or anything like that, there are times that are going to be hard and there's not going to be a lot of time to do foundational self-care or replenishing self-care or anything. And you just kind of have to deal with it But what you can do is figure out what are those small things that can help me feel less depleted so I don't come out of this completely depleted. Yeah, and I think one of the – I was thinking about while we were talking about this is parents out there. I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, For anyone who's listening who has kids, I get that this is – another layer of a crazy web for parents especially parents of really young children and like elementary aged kids if you have multiple kids it's so complicated but I always ask my clients and I ask myself this too when I feel like I'm giving a lot to Elodie and I'm feeling like I'm not giving the same amount of care to myself I would never let Elodie go without a meal I would never say I'm too busy to get you a snack or to get you your lunch or anything. In fact, we kind of build our entire day around mealtimes in a lot of ways. And so I think it's important too, like as like mom to mom, that we have to make that same type of non-negotiable time for ourselves as well as it is a non-negotiable time for our kids too. And it's as a in the words of a client of mine it's an act of violence against yourself when you don't and I thought when she said that I was like oh snap like (laughs) they really said something amazing and um and I do I think it's so true that um the more the longer and longer we ignore and this goes for everybody parents or not this goes for everybody the longer and longer you go with ignoring your own basic needs the more depleted you're going to become the more resentful that you're going to become the more angry you're going to become and then eventually you're going to get to this point where you're so angry that it's going to bubble over 
You know, like it's going to pop at some point. We only have, like the article said, we only have so much surge capacity until one day it pops. And if we can do what we can on a day-to-day basis to kind of bring, to replenish our surge capacity when we're in these periods of stress and in these periods of flux, the more space we're going to have and more resiliency we're going to have to be able to navigate how complicated the day-to-day life can be. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic and leave. Boom. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so this is obviously a little bit of a different episode, um, but we thought it was important for you guys to hear about this because this is what we've been talking about with other clients and with each other. So we figured you're probably talking or maybe thinking about it in some capacity as well. So we hope that this was helpful. We will include all of the things that we mentioned in the show notes, which if you don't know where to find show notes, when you're listening on whatever your podcast catcher app is, usually you can either click on the picture of the episode or swipe to the left or right and it'll be like, ah, here are all of the show notes. If you have trouble finding them, let us know. (laughs) You shouldn't, but we will help you if you need help. Um, And throw us some feedback on this episode too. If you want more episodes like this, let us know. Reach out wholeheartedeating.com or hello at wholeheartedeating.com. You can also slide into our DMs on Instagram. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would highly, highly appreciate if you, one, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Two, tell a friend. Um, Three, if you are so inclined, leave us a star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. So like I I don't personally listen to podcasts on the Apple Podcast Store. Um, is that what it's called? iTunes? Who knows? Am I a boomer now? <laughs> no, it's the podcast app, Apple Podcasts. Um, you could do it on there. You could do it on Spotify. I listen on Overcast is the app that I use. A lot of people use Stitcher, all of the things, wherever you listen to your podcast, we would greatly appreciate it because it helps more people find the show. And then we can keep bringing you great content. And then also too, tell us your feedback about this episode, because if you like it, we can talk about it more and send us your questions and we can dive deeper into it, which, you know, we love a good deep dive. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening. We will see you all next week. 